Ask the Podcast Coach for July 8th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. Oh, there it is. It's that fun-filled music that means it's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. We are here every Saturday at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com, and joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. How's it going, buddy? Thanks, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Always good to be back on Ask the Podcast Coach, and in the middle of summer, always to be nice. Always nice to be in an air-conditioned space. Oh, absolutely. Holy cow. It's, uh, I'm not a fan of the sun. It, it does, uh, I don't know if you can still, no, I had a thing going on here on my eyebrow. I have sun poisoning. So when what? I, what does that mean? Sun poisoning is a weird thing. Let's, let's start off with a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, when I was in my late twenties, I went to a water park, covered myself in, you know, um, that stuff. Sunscreen. Yeah. Sunscreen. sunscreen. Elmer's glue. Uh, it washed off. And I got, I always burn and peel. That was kind of like a running gag. And I would, I would get like red as a lobster. And this was a whole new kind of red as a lobster kind of thing. I was just, my face hurt. I could not smile. And um, I got home and I said, that's it. I'm jumping in the tub. So I got in the tub with cool water. Worst thing you can do, by the way, because then when you stand up, it feels like somebody's just taking a flamethrower to you. And so... At the time, there I am naked in the tub, and I'm like, I can't get out of the tub. And so my girlfriend at the time was like, I have some Noxzema. Would that help, you think? So she kind of rolls in the Noxzema, and as I'm getting out of the water, I just covered myself in Noxzema. And so uh, I've always heard that if you get sunburned enough, you will vomit. And I've never heard of this. I thought it was an old wife's tale. I'm here to tell you it's true. Yikes. And uh, we called the nurse because I was like, like, it was like askanurse.com. And I called them and she said, so you're doing this, you're doing this. And I said, yeah. And I said, I'm freezing to death and I'm under a comforter and you could bake bread under this blanket. And she said, oh, you have sun poisoning. She goes, you, you probably have like, what is it? Is it first degree is like the worst burn? You can have like third degree burns. And she said, yeah. uh, she says, yeah, you probably have sun poisoning. And she goes, probably from this point forward, you'll be very sensitive to the sun. And I was like, really? And it's, it's true. If I go out in the sun for like a half hour and it's really, really hot, I get um, a little red dot on my wrist or someplace that itches. So it's kind of, uh, so if you ever wonder why I always look like a vampire, it's because <laughs> the sun, the sun and I are no longer friends. Uh, well, good, good thing that's true because podcasting not required to be done. In that's the sun. exactly. So <laughs> way to bring it back to podcasting. Hey, the, that's what we do here. The, the big news this week and it's not that we hate SoundCloud, you know. I, oh, it, I think you do. I think you do, Dave. But, I think secretly you wish ill upon them well, every week. You do. I just have uh, always thought it was a bad idea, yeah. and uh, it's becoming more and more. We've heard it's it's kind of funny how they, you know, little things will trickle out where it's, uh, you know, the one of the main guys like left earlier in the year, and uh, they keep losing millions of dollars, which is always kind of interesting. And the latest news is they've laid off 40% of their, their uh, staff, which to me, I, I mean, call me crazy. That's a pretty big sign that things are not going well in the SoundCloud camp. And this is courtesy of Music Business Worldwide. And they said uh, the German-born streaming company informed its staff today that 173 jobs are being cut from a total headcount of 420. So, holy shnikes. Um, And they said basically, I want to say it's their New York. There are two offices that are being closed. Uh, It said recent rumors have suggested that Deezer, majority owned by Len Blavnik's Access Industries could acquire SoundCloud, which is interesting because they're the people that acquired Stitcher and then did almost nothing with it. So I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, here it is. They're they're going to the business will consolidate its operations across its New York and Berlin offices. So I'm assuming if you worked in like, I don't know, San Francisco. Guess what? You you better start. You're done. You're done. You're done. So it's just one of those things where. If you're using SoundCloud. As your primary, like, they're my feed, they're everything, yada, yada, yada. 
uh, I'd start coming up with a plan B because it really is starting to look pretty, pretty, you know, grim over there. I, I don't think this, this is one of those, like, this is not a test. This is not a, uh, uh this is not a drill. Yeah, this I, is I, not a drill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the warning, the warning lights are flashing. I, you know, the check engine light has come on. I am, yeah, I'm a little less negative on SoundCloud. I think there's some very good purposes for them. Never recommend you put your podcast there. So if you are, if you are hosting there, it's probably time to start looking at summer. Dave, the problem is, is the, we, and we talked a little bit about this in the Slack group this week. There's a little, we create these podcasting bubbles, yeah. right? And our bubble that's around us, the folks that listen, they all know that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anybody new. I, I don't think this morning, anybody listening to this live or anybody listening to the recording, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to, now is the time. We have worn them sufficiently, <laughs> right? Uh, so the, the problem is, is you've got tons of musicians out there who aren't listening to podcasting, right. podcasts. And so there's still going to be a huge group that are surprised when this thing goes under or they decide to close up you know, what happened? And so it, it, that's the, that's kind of the problem is it's, it's, I don't think it's reaching, it's necessarily reaching out into the other bubbles. Yeah. I'll be interested to see because I had a, a client this week was asking about what do I do if he's a, he's an audio editor and he wants to basically be a producer for shows. He goes, what do I do if I have multiple shows? Do I put them under my iTunes account? I'm like, that's a really bad idea. I said, because you kind of then own the podcast. I said, when people are going to want to start checking their stats and podcast connect later, they're going to have to go through you. And I said, now, depending on your, your philosophy, if you do it for them, well, then they have to go through you. And that's a good thing. I said, but I always like my clients to have complete control. And he goes, well, how does Gimlet do it? So I went over and looked at Gimlet just did a new show for eBay. And sure enough, the number one, they're using FeedBurner and SoundCloud. And I was like, okay, uh, that's, that's interesting. And the email associated with the eBay account is a Gimlet email. So that's, I'll be interested. They probably partnered directly. Yeah. I'm going to say there's got to be a contract in there somewhere that says, if we want to leave you guys, but that's the thing you can't right now, as of uh, July, 2017, you cannot transfer ownership of a, uh, like if I'm in, like I have some from years ago, I have some clients that I submitted their show to iTunes for them. I can't say, take this show, the ABC show and give it to Joe Schmo because I, I don't want it under right now. Apple does not have that capability, which is a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, and I wish it wasn't the case, but that's the case. So that's why you kind of don't want to, uh, to do that. But I was surprised to see and I think that's why SoundCloud is going out of business because you do have the gimlets that are using SoundCloud and they're paying their $15 a month and then they're streaming terabytes of information. So that's uh so yeah. So if you're uh, if you're using SoundCloud again, it's time to get out of the pool and use them if you want to as a secondary one. Uh, Sean has a question here out at uh, again, we're at ask the podcast slash live. If you want to jump in, it's ask the podcast slash join. But Sean has a question here in the chat it says, when I record with my ATR 2100 USB directly to audacity, no problem. When I try to record XLR through the new Behringer 802 mixer into audacity, it cuts off the amplitude at 0.5. What am I doing wrong? Warning. I bought a mixer, but not very little about the dials. Okay. So that's going to be part of it. Number one, um, I don't think, and Sean, if you can put this in the uh, the chat, is that an, a USB mixer? Because I know there's an 802 and then there's an 802, I think U is the USB version. Uh, so I know I've had in the past, I don't know if this is the case as well, I have found if I use a USB mixer and use the USB part of it, I've always had, in some cases, problems getting a good recording level. It's not USB. Okay, so... What you want to do is start off with you have um, you have your channel volume and your main volume. And so I always use the analogy of you also have a gain knob at the top of uh, the channel. I always say the, the gain knob is a little bit like if we go back to your your hose on your house, right? You have the, the knob on the, the house that you turn and the, the more you turn that on, boy, the more the, the actual uh, what is that thing? The nozzle has more juice coming out of it. So the gain, if you turn the gain up, man, if you barely move that slider, whoo, it, it takes a lot of uh, 
uh, doesn't take much to do that. So I usually put the, the gain somewhere around 12 o'clock and then I will slide up the uh, slider to about zero and then I'll move the, you don't want the, the channel slider to be louder than the main slider. So in, the, or in that one, it's knob. So if you have the, uh, if you have the main volume at say 10 o'clock, you wouldn't want the channel volume at like two o'clock. That's called overdriving. And that in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases will cause um, distortion. And so I always try, and this is where it's kind of weird because I've had some mixers where I will have the best sounding audio and not a single green light blinking anywhere. And then I've had other ones where I've turned the gain way up to make sure I've got two or three green lights almost hitting the yellow and it's a giant ball of hiss. So um, this is where I say what I usually did to do is record into audacity and record what you're doing. So this is where you can say, all right, the main volumes at 12 o'clock, the channel volumes at 10 o'clock, the gain is about nine o'clock and this is what it sounds like. Now I'm going to turn this up to, um, you know, and just, and then vote with your ears. But in the end, um, it just sounds like you're not getting enough volume out of it. So the easy thing would be to turn the, the main volume up and that will then adjust. And then also in audacity, you have a, um, a volume knob as well. And this is where things get tricky because you could, you could turn the, the gain way up in audacity, but have a really awful signal in the mixer. So this is where it takes. So this is this is one of those like get comfy, get yourself a nice uh, uh, drink, and uh, kick back in a chair and just play with the knobs. Uh, Jim, any any other? Yeah, I always set everything to zero. Yeah, and then the sliders or the knobs, right? The volume right. is kind of what I call that. Bring that up to infinity or zero, right? So it's it's all the way open. Then begin to talk in it, listen in and uh, you know with a meter running uh, the output. Begin to turn your gain up until it gets to that spot where you like it. Then you know, and you got to kind of mess around with that. The gain also controls the field, right? How much is coming in? How sensitive the microphone is going to be. So set that to zero, set the gain. Then you can you can push your slider down or turn that all the way to the volume piece. When you want to shut the mic off, then you turn that off and you don't mess with the gain. Typically, once you got the gain set the way you want it, you never touch it again. You just right. leave it right where it's at. That's the slider, the volume uh, that, that you mess with. USB and XLR use different hardware inside the microphone. So they are completely different. They're separated inside the mic. You can break your USB and still use the XLR in a lot of cases and it'll work. So you want to, um, and some mics, depending on the mic you're using, take different amounts of, of gain, so to speak. They're not all the same. Right. Some mics are gain hungry. So we think about these ATR 2100s, super gain hungry. You've got to turn them up or you have to put a amplifier in between a, a, was a fed head or a, fed head or a, a cloud, cloud lifter. lifter. Yeah. You put those in between your microphone and the mixer to give it more gain. The, a lot of the cheap boards, which is what you have there, inex, let's call them inexpensive boards, don't have very good um, pre, preamps. And so they're not amping that mic at all. And so you, can, you might have to crank that gain all the way to get it done. And so you've got, you know, you've got, you, you got to kind of work with it to figure it out. I'm on a Mackie FX Pro 12. And I've got on this 2100, I've got the gain pushed pretty high to get it to where I like it. It would probably benefit me to put something in between the mic and the mixer to boost that, you know, to boost that raw um, signal coming in, that raw uh, analog signal coming in. So it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I like to do it and, and do it slowly. And Dave, I love your recording tip. Record in exactly what you're doing so you can go back and listen to it because if you have a you know, a minute of recording and you're messing with a couple knobs, you'll never remember what you did when yeah. you're messing with those knobs. So super important that you record what you're doing. Yeah. He says, what's more important, the main volume or the channel volume? Boy. Well, it depends on, it depends on where you're pulling, what you're pulling, right? If you're, if you're going off the main into your PC, then that's super important, right? I mean, they're both important. You got to get them set both right so that they're working. So gain first. The slider volume is just a local, am I on or am I off? Am I quiet or am I loud? Am I pushing full? You know, like your hose example, right? You get that gain. That's the pressure, right? So maybe I have 15 pounds of pressure coming out at the end of the house. 
Then that volume slider, volume knob, that's that, that's, you know, the, the sprayer. And you can choose how much or how little of that 15 pounds of pressure that you have coming out of your house with that slider. The main is really designed for the whole mix. So when you have all your channels working, what's everything coming out together? Now, it's podcasters oftentimes are only using one channel, which is a little, a little bit of an overkill to use a mixer for one channel, but it works. I do it too. So the main volume coming out then is going to, it will also dictate if you're coming off, you're recording off the main volume, it will dictate how loud it is. So if it's quiet, you're going to get a quiet recording. It's the final end product of your board. Yeah. And the other thing you have to keep in mind, like I could turn the main volume all the way up and then I barely have to turn the channel volume up at all. Why? Because it's really getting, but it's, you'll, you'll hear when in almost every mixer, when you get, especially with a gain uh, button, you know, so let's, let's take that example. Let's say I turn the main volume on 10 and the, the channel volume on two, that's a total of 12. That may sound horrendous because I have a very little signal coming in. That's getting really, really amplified by the main. Whereas if I put them both on six, okay, now it's now the channel volume is much louder and I don't have to amplify it that much with the main volume. So it is, I wish there was like a, uh, uh, just do this, do this, do that. Uh, Jim kind of had the stuff where you, know, you set the gain about zero, do this, and just start start from there. And then it is just a matter of of tweaking. And I, I remember I have a Yamaha mixer that I like the sound of it, but it always bugged me the fact that I had no green lights blinking. And in in logical world, that made no sense. That I but I I had tested it, and I would do all the stuff to get the lights to blink. And the minute I shut up, it was just. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work for me. So, yeah, you, you, I, it's like any problem. It's like troubleshooting any problem. Get everything to zero yeah. and then begin to add. Don't add everything and try and subtract. Yeah. That, that's just too hard. Get it all to zero and add as you go. And speaking of that, if you have with that channel, with that mixer, you have multiple channels, anything you're not using, turn to zero. So all the, all the volume knobs at the bottom uh, do that. So. Uh, yeah. Sean, you're not, we're not, this is what we're here for, by the way. He, Sean's like, Hey, I don't mean to monopolize. No, no, this, this is yeah. what we're here Thank for. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. We love these questions. Yeah. We talk about this the rest of the day. Yeah. If you let us, it's uh, it's good stuff. I think it's one of those, I, I think the mixer, Dave is one of the harder, you know, besides software or yeah. the PC, the mixer is one of those things that's really, really confusing for the average guy. Well, it's if, just really hard. There's a lot of knobs. Well, that, and remember, unless you're, you know, doing things where you're mixing in music or sound effects or things like that, you may not need a mixer. You know, if there's the, the thing is, if there's somebody in the room with you, right to you and your co-host, okay, you need to mix them because they talk really soft and you talk really loud. So you need to, that's hence mix. You, you mix the volume. So they're the same. If you're playing live music or sound effects or, or whatever, uh, then you need a mixer. If you're not doing either of those, you technically don't need a mixer. I had somebody, I was uh, a new member of the school of podcasting was asking me what I use for the school of podcasting. He said, well, lately I said, call me crazy. I use an ATR 2005. I go into Hindenburg journalist. I said, I'm sitting here and I'm ignoring $800 worth of equipment. And he goes, why did you do that? I said, cause it's easy. I said, it sounds weird. The fact that I don't have to uh, you know, pull out an SD card and put it in and transfer it over. I said, and I said, I just adjust it with EQ. I said, now, does it sound as good as the other stuff? I said, no. I said, but there are times when I'm just like, you know what? This is already plugged in. I don't want to unplug in and move my headphones and do this and that. I said, as long as it's for, I'm, I'm, I'm so not the audio nerd when it comes to that. To me, like if it's listenable and it's not annoying, good enough. You know, now this week I'll probably use this stuff. He said, hitting his microphone. That's a, hmm, we could tune things to that. And, uh, you know, but to me, I, I'm, I'm not an audio snurd, snurd. Two I just words. made up a new word. Good enough. Good enough. It, it, it's just, sometimes it's just good enough for what you're doing and you can overthink this. Sean, you, you did the right. I mean, having a mixer is super handy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Watch, there are tons of YouTube videos on mixers and, and you could even narrow that down to the exact mixer you have. Ray Ortega does a nice, uh, has done some nice work around mixers, especially setting up a mix minus. And yeah. so, you know, if you're, um, if, watch some videos, it's amazing. There's just tons of stuff out there, uh, Sean, and get, you know, spend a half a day getting educated around it. It's worth knowing the board first before you start using it. So maybe getting a little education around it specifically to the board and then, and then trying to mess with it is helpful. You can set that up, that thing up wrong. And then in the middle of an interview, it can go wrong and you have no idea 
what to do, that's super frustrating. So you want to know your board. Yeah. Uh, Grant has a question. I just had it and about Libsyn. If you begin hosting at Libsyn to start with the basic stats, can you upgrade to the advanced stats uh, later and see the stats from the earlier period when you were using the basic stats? And the answer is yes, you can. So if you just want to start off with the $5 plan or the $7 plan where you just get the basic download stats, when you turn on the advanced stats, you'll see all this. We're collecting that data. We just, for the, the basic package, you don't get to see it, but when you upgrade to the advanced package, you get all your back data. So that is there. Also, there was some uh, news about this. It looks like Spotify is available for everyone. Mm, not really sure about that. What was found is something that their customer service was using. And there's a form online where you can now submit your podcast to Spotify. That's the good news. Cause I asked Rob about this, Rob Walsh from lips. And I said, Hey, he's like, you know, cause we were kind of like an exclusive kind of thing. You could go through lips and I think you could go through blueberry too. Uh, and I said, this seems to be open to the public. I said, does this mean they're finally opening the floodgates and letting everyone in? Cause we talked to them at like two years ago at podcast movement and said, you really should just let everybody in instead of this whole process. And Rob says, no, that has not changed. He'll probably talk about this on the feed, but they're still only letting in about 10% of what we send them. So I know at Libsyn, you send an email to Rob, Rob at Libsyn.com and say, I would like to be, uh, you know, submitted to I, to uh, Spotify. And we make a list and we go, here's people we think you would like in your directory. And you you almost want to yell pull because they only let in about 10%. So there is this form out there now. I don't know that that's going to be letting everybody in. According to Rob, it's not. Nothing's changed. They just, there's a new form that you can use. But because uh, I was excited. I, I submitted two weeks ago, right? I think is when yeah. we talked about that form here on the show. I submitted during the show. I haven't heard anything. Zero. Don't know. Don't know if I'm in. Don't know if I'm not. It's been two weeks. They probably got, <laughs> don't you think they just got blasted? Like all of a sudden, oh, yeah, tons. Form, now there's a million and they're like, oh crap. So I, I, I don't have much hope. I don't know anybody out there in the chat room. Did that work? Did that form work? I have, I don't use Spotify, so I don't, I don't really even know yeah. how to check it. I mean, I guess I could log in, create an account. I, I bet I have some kind of account. With well, them, that's but. the other question. I mean, with Libsyn, you set up a, a special feed for them and we have a thing where you can, um, I wonder if this is, is this going to mess things up if I plug in an ATR in the middle of a hangout? Is it going to try to switch? I won't. I, it, it may or may not work. All right. Well, this will be fine. You may have to drop it to. No, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to use it. In a, somebody asked a question about levels and I was going to show this. Oh. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm setting up the next question as I speak. Yes, um, a little iffy if that's yeah. going to work. So my question is, if you're not using, like Libsyn has a, a thing into Spotify's API or, or vice versa. And uh, for the record, um, that hasn't been updated in months. And that's not a Libsyn thing. That's a Spotify thing. They kind of broke their own stats um, in a way. And so my question is, if I'm not going through Libsyn or Blueberry or whoever is like an official how are you going to get your stats? So that's, that's the other thing that I think, I think somebody just found a form and it wasn't really meant for the public. That's just, now I have nothing to base that on. That's just my thought. That's an opinion. Uh, but I've now plugged in the ATR. Hopefully things won't crash and burn here. Um, we'll give it a, we'll give it a second yeah. to see if I can stop hearing you. Yeah. So I think we're good. Cause I, I would have to change the little gear thing. Yeah. Um, so I tried to leave a speak pipe message about controlling your RSS feed using and using Spreaker. Okay, Kyle, what happened? If you go to, well, if you go to school slash contact, I've got a speak pipe button there. Um, and you could use that. You could also call it in 888-563-3228. Haven't said that number in a long time. Or you can join us right now, Kyle. Yeah, or you could just go. Kyle's one of my yeah, listeners, so it's good. To, yeah, if you go to, to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And if I, if I knew the question, I'm, I'm actually, I use Spreaker's RSS feed for all the Gallup podcasts. So I think I might. I think I might understand it just a little bit. Boy, they have, they, they brought, speaking of that, Spreaker has bought, brought their new CMS system to the way you submit and and edit a podcast now for them. And it's really pretty cool. You know, this, mm -hmm. it used to be the stats and the monetization section, right? And they've been slowly moving things over. So now when you submit a podcast, the way you edit it and submit it is in their new CMS. And it's really, really cool. They have a lot of helpful tips and some things. It's a little busy. 
but they've got some helpful tips. Uh, the, the process hasn't changed, but the front end has. And so they're doing some cool things over there. I, Spreaker really does a good job of changing things and not breaking them. That seems to be, and they had a little, you know, they had the, the, I won't see even a debacle, but a little bit of conversation around they showed stats than they didn't. Right. Now you can either turn them on or turn them off, which is awesome. A little interesting experiment, but some good stuff going on Spreaker. So, well, so Kyle, you can either send us a note or jump in. That brings up a, a good point. I saw this in a Facebook group again. Uh, somebody had asked a question about how do I use Skype to record on Spreaker? And they were asking in Facebook. And I cannot stress this enough. The best place to ask a question about Spreaker or Blueberry or Libsyn or Podbean is at, you guessed it, Spreaker, Blueberry, Libsyn or Podbean. So I went over to Spreaker, went to the help and literally had an answer in three seconds. They had a tutorial on how to do it. So, you know, I understand sometimes you're in Facebook. Hey, I'll just ask these people. And so I say this because I want you to get your answer quickly and I want you to get an accurate answer. That's the other fun thing. So when you have a question about your hosting provider, the best thing to do is to um, ask your hosting <laughs> provider. So Yeah, go to the source. That's yeah. the interesting thing. Both Lipson and Blueberry and Spreaker have really good customer service. Uh, Lipson's a little sketchy. I don't know. They've got a guy over there. He's not very attentive. Oh, and he's, he's, you know. All over the place. So you, you, <laughs> you got to be careful with Lipson. No, I'm just kidding. But um, lots of those... You know, lots of those services just have a great customer service. Go right to them. So we get that all the time, David Gallup. People like put it in the Facebook group. I'm like, as you know, I'm going to answer it. You could just send me the note. I could be a lot easier. So, John, there's no call in number. Uh, the best thing to do is to join us. Ask the podcast coach dot com slash uh, join. join if you want to jump in here. No, yeah. and you, we'll get your video. So yeah. but we don't care if you're still in your jam. Yeah, we've had. Uh... We had almost uh, what was a little no kid that was like 14 with no shirt on and his brother's like, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. That was excellent. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one. Kyle had said Kyle left a note. He's like, I sure wish. I think I saw this on Twitter. Was that Kyle? I sure wish he would have asked his question. The Kyle who was just in the yeah, Was that the kid? Yeah, yeah that was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's like, I sure wish that he had asked his question. Yeah. And, and uh, I thought about that. I'm glad he said that. In fact, I'm going to write that down. I should have a button. A, a big button that says, ah, there we go. ask the question, you know, click here to ask a question and yeah. we'll answer it later. So, um, so John, I assume this is you. Yeah, this is me. Hey, it's Jonathan. I was at work. I had to go, I got out of my office, uh, uh, but I had a quick question. I had a quick question and I've been trying to get this answered. I had a, um, I got a podcast for about a year. Uh, and I had like 65 followers on Spreaker for the longest time. And um, I just got over 75, uh, was it 70,000 listens? And all of a sudden, I don't know if it, it, I, I called into a podcast. I don't know. It was a pretty popular podcast. And like basically overnight, I got like 300 more followers. And like every day I'm just getting follower after follower after follower. And I know you guys talked about bots. And did I get a bot? It's here's the thing, because it's weird. I, I have this question on both ends of the spectrum. One is, oh, my gosh, I got a bunch of new listeners. What's wrong? And then I also get, oh, my gosh, my numbers just went in the tank. What's wrong? It's the Internet in a way. So um, if you got three, if you got a bunch of people on Spreaker in terms of, of uh, what do they call them over their followers? Followers. Yeah. All, yeah. all it takes is somebody with a decent size audience to say, hey, I just listened to, to John's podcast. Man, is it good? Boom. And and you'll get a, it's like somebody turning a spotlight on you. And then if you have a back catalog, what will happen is they'll go, oh, wow, this is good. I like this. And then they'll just start downloading your back catalog. So if you have, you know, 30, 40 episodes and 10 people download 30 or 40 episodes, that's a pretty big bump. That's where you can get a bunch of uh, downloads. So it's not always a bot. There are some gray areas. There's a, a programming language called Python that can be used for good or not so good things. And so when I see that come through on stats, you can't really tell, is this a bot or not? So in, in the fact that it could be something good, we at Lipson let those go through. So, uh, but probably not a bot on Spreaker though. I, no. I don't know of anybody that's done that on the Spreaker platform. Um, the, the, the show that you were on, is that a Spreaker show? Is that done into Spreaker? Is that, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's done in a speaker. Now, you see, I, I, I do a sports show, 
So and in, in when I go to Spreaker, my sports show is actually there. You can if you look up football, you'll see me there. I don't know if that had. But the uh, thing is, I see a lot of foreign people because I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So I see a lot of foreign people as a follower. Some of them have pictures and some of them don't have pictures. So it's I'm just trying to because my numbers compared when I first started per episode have fallen off like dramatically. Hmm. You know, I was averaging almost, you know, 800, you know, to a thousand people. Now it's like barely a hundred, but on the followers are on Spreaker. Yeah. But I also have a, a link to into iTunes and, um, and, uh, YouTube and, uh, and Stitcher, but I have no idea what those numbers are. Yeah. So yeah. So Rob Rob Greenlee on the most recent Spreaker live show was just talking about followers on the Spreaker platform. So you can go back and listen to that if you want. But Rob had Rod made a statement and I thought, oh, my gosh, everybody's going to do this. He said, well, I go out and follow people that look, you know, look that, that may be potential listeners. And that way, if they follow me back, they get notified when the show goes live. I have a feeling what happened. So he says that he, they get a whole bunch of people to listen to that Spreaker live show. Right. Those are all people, not all of them, but there's many of them that are on Spreaker. You might have had, we might have had like a snowball effect where all of a sudden people were like, oh, I can follow on Spreaker. Let's go do that. And you just may have had a whole bunch of people try to all at the same time, you know, kind of create that, uh, that effect of following you, hoping that you would follow back. So that could be that as well. I think the point is it doesn't really matter. Because engagement is what matters. So if you're if your your emails from from your listeners, if you're whatever you're doing on Twitter, if the downloads, even downloads can be a little sketchy sometimes. But the engagement you're getting back from your from your listeners, if that is increased, that's a good thing, right? That's what you're looking for. All the other stuff can be gained. You know? Yeah, because I used to always get plays, but no downloads. But now I'm getting way more downloads than plays which doesn't make any sense to me. No, it does though, because that means they're subscribing you know I mean? now. So they've listened to you on Spreaker and they're like, Oh, I want to get this automatically. And so they have switched over from listening live or listening on Spreaker and they've taken uh-huh. it to their, to their device. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, one more question. Uh, I, man, I, man, I can't believe it. My mic, uh, my ATR 2100 just died on me. I don't know if I just left it plugged in too long. It died on me, but I just bought a uh, a Blue Yeti. Uh, what is the best way to do live calls? Uh, Meaning like I, this? I, I just scrapped my mixer because, uh, you know, the mixer, I, I used it through Spreaker. It's, it's, sometimes it just came a little cumbersome. But what's the best platform you think to use uh, for live calls, Skype or Google? Uh, to, to stream it live, you mean, or is it just to record an interview Yeah, to stream it live to stream live? I would say to what, take like live calls. Yeah. What I'm doing is Google Hangouts, uh, because you have things like blog talk radio, you have call in studio, blog talk radio is easy. It just sounds like anytime you use the phone, it's going to sound like this. There's no way around the phone, not sounding like the phone because of the technology of the phone. So what right. we do here is I start a Google Hangout. I go up to the very top and I grab the really long, ugly URL and I use pretty link on my website. So that's why askthepodcastcoach.com slash live redirects you to this. Now, the bad news is if I wanted, like, let's say you were, I don't know, doing crazy stuff and, and dancing around naked. Okay. I'd want to, I can eject you, uh, but I, that means you can't get in, which would be great because you're doing crazy stuff. If I accidentally, like, let's say you, you asked a question you're like, good. And you're just becoming somebody that I kind of don't want on the show, but I still want you to listen. If I eject you, you can't listen to the rest of this episode. So you kind of have to allow people to know when it's time to, to leave and, and they'll leave. And I've never had a problem with that. I've never had more than one person call in. So, so far it's not a problem. Um, but yep. th- those are really the ways to, to, to get call in stuff on live. It's either a phone or they're going to join your video. Well, and- you joined us and you sound great. I mean, this is the great yeah. thing. Yeah. Most people's phones now will do this really, really well. We only see your eyes, but it, oh. for an audio, <laughs> no, you're good for an audio, yeah. right? It's awesome. Like we hear you, your sound is great. It's so much better than a phone call. And you, you saw how easy it was to get in. We said, ask the podcast slash join and you were here. So yeah. 
This Actually, it wasn't that easy. I had to, I had to, cause you got to download, uh, if yeah. you do it on your phone, you got to download hangouts first and oh, they'll take you to a started. link. Yeah. If you, if you go through the website, it'll take you to a link and they'll say it's installed, but you got to go to the play store, install it. That's it's true. a, it's a little bit, it's That's a little true. bit, a, a lot. No, you're like right. A little you're bit. Right. And then, uh, you're right about yeah. that. Nick Suberlin. Yeah, but the only problem with, uh, with the, when I use a Google phone, I can't during my podcast, it rings and I don't know how to cut that out. Yeah. Well, what you can do is, yeah, if you use like Google, like a Google voice, you know, and have it go to your cell phone, you could put the cell phone into the mixer and then you could stream it out, whatever you're streaming. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I I mean, I've done that. I mean, I could basically, uh, I don't think this will fit. I'll try this. Um, We have 3.5 to, uh, was it yeah, I mean, ba- that, yeah, that's basically like, and then what you do is they're hearing you on the phone. So I would basically, if you called in, I would basically have to do this and you're hearing me on the phone because you called into the phone. The phone goes out, goes into my mixer. I send that out to the Google hangout. So my audience can hear you, you hear me through that. And my audience hears me through the microphone. So that's the cheap way to take a phone call. You basically get a, a cable that let me just unplug this it doesn't look great it doesn't look great it's, it's kind of you know uh nick superling has said in the chat while Dave's doing that he uses call-in studio and it does require a second pc and i think if you're going to take call-ins having a second pc is helpful yeah. anyways so okay call-in studio is that a is that a, a software a or is that just an app it's a it's website a yeah it's a, it's service. a service it's like six bucks a month oh. plus x amount of money per minute that it gets it's cheaper than blog talk radio blog talk radio the last time i checked was like 40 dollars a month Uh, i'm not doing blog that sounds terrible yeah um (laughs) but calling studio was was kind of cool but this is the cable i have this end to plug into my my phone and then on the other end it was just rcas and i grabbed these little adapters and i plugged that into my mixer and I'm good to go. Nick is saying too. Colin Studio has the screener has a screener ability too, right? Folks can come in yeah. and screen them before they join the show. Yeah. So and it works great. Uh, I was I was on Glenn the Geek show uh, a couple weeks ago, and so I call in and I can hear the you know the show, and then all of a sudden his wife comes on and is like, "Hey, who's who's this? What would you like to talk to Glenn about?" I'm like, "Hey, this is Dave Jackson." She's like, "Oh, great. Here, hold on. Let me put you on hold." And then what she does is she's on a computer in another room and she'd be like, Dave's, you know, this is Dave ready for the thing. And then Glenn can see that on his, his uh, computer. And when he clicks a button, it's like, put that person on then. So it's, it's a legit call screening kind of program. Uh, it's cheaper than blog talk radio. It's just not cheap. It, it's, I think my bill usually was about eight bucks an episode by the time it was done. And you can do things to limit that. Cause you can say, is it like Uber conference? Kind of. We tried Uber Conference, uh, and, and technically I could use Uber Conference. The thing we hated about Uber Conference was uh, the same thing. When somebody calls in, uh, you got this big bing. It was like, okay, and here comes Jim, you know, all right, and here comes, you know, Jill. And it was like there was no way to, to cut that stupid uh, sound out. It was really annoying So because that was free. That was cool. Um, yeah. But that would be a way to do that. And, again, maybe if you – you know, you, you, because the problem is the more you add, the more you need either four arms or another person. And so with Uber conference, you could do that. You'd have to have it muted. But then the problem is I can't just mute Jill. I'm muting everybody that's on the call. So it, it, it would take some playing around with. If you just did one call at a time, you could go into your mixer. And if your mixer had a mute button, uh, you could do that. But again, think about this. You're, you're either hitting a mute button or you're turning down their volume. Meanwhile, you're doing a live show and you're, you're talking to your audience and then you're like, okay, let's go back to Steve, turn it back up, you know, this and that. And now you're going to like, okay, thanks Steve for doing this. And now you're going to hang up on Steve. Uh, and you don't know it's Steve until he calls in and somebody's calling. If you listen to the earlier versions of ask the podcast coach where I use a phone, I'd be like phone number ending in five, six, nine, seven. You're on with Dave and Jim. What's your name and what's your question? Because I had no, we didn't have a call screener and that's where you'd have somebody call in and me, you Baba Bowie, you know, and then they'd leave. Um, so it's, it's, uh, Nick threw a link to a video that the way he does it using call in studio in the chat room. So when we're done here, 
you want to pop back and grab that link, you might get a get an idea how he's using it, and that might help as well. Yeah, yeah. The other thing too, if you're doing, you a, guys only use Chatwing to get you guys because I because I I tried Google and then it's only Chatwing to get in your chat room, right? Right, Correct. because Google yeah, doesn't right. allow you to put links to anything. So. Okay. Yeah, that chat's not very good. It, we should be monitoring it, to be honest with you. We should be monitoring that chat room there because yeah. of people who, like you, found it through Google or Google Plus or whatever, and then you're expecting us to answer in that in that chat room. And well, of course, mm-hmm. we're not. There, I do so. now put in the notes. We do not use the Google chat. If yeah. you want to, like, yeah, yeah. we're over there. If you want anything, so chat yeah, has yeah. a lot more functionality. Yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, I would definitely, if I was you guys, you know, that pretty link that you use. Mm-hmm. I think you might want to change the URL to where it either goes right to the app for them to download it because because it does say that if you have an Android phone, it'll tell the person because it's I guess it's a beta site or something like that. It it will tell them it is installed when it's not installed. Uh interesting. All right. Oh, okay. Good good go. feedback. All, All right. right. All right, man. Thanks a ton. Thanks, man. John. Having you. All right. Thank you. Man. Take care. And before I forget. I want to thank our awesome supporters, um, mainly, especially Josh Rivers from creativestudio.academy. Uh, Josh Liston does the Podcaster Survival Guide. You can find him at tpsguide.org. And uh, I mentioned him earlier, the one and only Glenn the Geek Hebert, America's horse husband. You can find him at horseradionetwork.com. To see the rest of our awesome supporters, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So I appreciate everybody's help on that. And uh, we did have another fun question. Um, any, Actually, we kind of talked about this already. Any tips or tricks for my podcast to play louder? I have the volume up on separate microphones, and the overall track is still lower than it should be. So, yeah, we just actually just explained that whole thing it. with a mixer. You got to amp it. Yeah. I did get see this from uh, Todd Cochran, uh, the guy over at Blueberry.com. If you're not using them for a media host they do also offer advertising and todd wanted everybody to know we've had several podcast ads uh that um different deals coming in this year wanting to advertise in military or veteran related podcasts and i know uh, rob kern does uh, a veteran related one living the vet life he says uh, this specific demographic is pretty hot at the moment i'm also very cautious that uh, i'm overly protective because uh Todd served in the, I believe the Navy. He says, so I don't want to run a campaign unless as a veteran, I can see the value. Uh, I never tell the media buyers I'm a veteran. This gives me an advantage in being able to screen things before we present the deal to creators. I've tried to instill in our team on all deals uh, that we, you know, basically that they work on. He says, we too often, we too often now campaigns are coming in that I wrinkle my nose at. I'm not sure what he means there. Um, have you walked away from an ad deal because it does not fit? So I let's stick with the first part of that. And that is the fact that if you are a veteran type related podcast, you want to go over to, uh, I think you just email Todd at CEO at rawvoice.com. We'll get you directly to Todd and say, Hey, I have a veteran podcast, send him a link to it so he can listen to it. But it sounds like that is something that's uh, kind of hot at the moment. So definitely keep that in mind. And I thought that was a, a good question, man. Time is flying by. Holy cow. Uh, Jim, I thought you would, especially because you do a lot of interviews, what do you do to ensure that your podcast guests have the best experience possible? Call them in advance. Yes. Call, do not, do not let this go down to the, you know, Hey, we're going to do an interview, especially if you're doing it live. Now, if it's, if it's a recorded interview, you've got the time to do that, um, where you might be able to work it out all in one session. But we we do an advanced call because we're live. So we do an advanced call. And that, and we separate it by a couple of days between that and the, the actual call. One, if they have technical problems, we can help them over the next couple of days get those fixed. Two, we separate them from the stress of getting connected and their interview. You know, there's nothing worse than spending 30 minutes trying to get something fixed and your guests all frustrated. And then you start asking them, Okay, let's go into the show. You know, now we're ready for it, but the guest is, you know, they're sweating. They're sweating. They're like, you know, they're they're all frustrated and they're probably mad at you. And so um, the best experience I've had is do a quick technical call and and let's just, hey, let's just make sure your gear works. And I think even if you're not doing a live show, you might say, hey, I'm just going to do a quick, can we do a little 15 minute technical call just to make sure everything's working before our interview, just so you know how it works. 
And I still think that, uh, one, it makes them feel like a big deal. But two, it helps you work out the kinks and they're not coming to the interview all stressed out. So that's that's my number one. I think it also makes you look more professional. They're like, hey, we are taking this seriously. We want to make sure we don't have any, you know, wrinkles or bugs. Uh, I think another one, too, just to make sure it's a, an, a great experience is just to remind them that it's if it's not live, remind them that it's not live and that uh, anything they say can be edited out. Uh, well, light's a big deal, too. I mean, I, Dave, I don't know. Like people don't know how to light themselves. And that's not a um, that's not a that's not bad. They just don't realize, you know, they'll like I have people show up all the time. and They have great views out of their office. And so they try and show up with the camera pointing out the window. But <laughs> we know these webcams don't do that. Right. And we we um, our office in London is just in the most beautiful part of the city. And every time I take a call from our London folks, they're trying to show London out their windows and like, oh, the view is so good. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't even see you. Yeah. Like, you're so dark. So getting the light right is is important as well. That would be like me doing this. Hi. Right. You know, it's yeah. like all of a sudden I just turn into this shadow. That's just not a good idea. No, it's awful. But they don't know that. Like, right. the average guy does not understand lighting. And so if you're going to be a video podcast, you might want to do this sound and light check where you just like, hey, is that a good spot? And then you can move them around. Like, oh, no, let's try this angle. And let's try that angle. Okay, let's do this. Now, when you show up for the interview, let's do it exactly like this. And that has really cut down on the stress for, for my guests. Yeah. And I always let people know that I'm going to make them sound as good as I can. Um, I've been thinking about if I should, I'm going to play a little bit of this. If you recognize the person, I'm not going to say their name. They were not a bad guest. I think they were a little nervous maybe. And just, just to give you a, a clue. Now, some of this is me, by the way, as well. Uh, let me make sure I got the volume up. Here we go. Um, but like, um, um, uh, so like, I, I don't know, like, um, uh, you know, it, it might like, but like, okay, that goes on for two minutes. I have two minutes of just my favorite one on this show is and um i'm i'm thinking of something else and um it da, 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 and it's something i say while i'm waiting for my brain to come up with the next thing coming out of my mouth now you don't have to do that but if i want my guests to promote the show i want them to sound good and so i went through and and just happened to notice at the beginning that this particular guest had a little bit of a catchphrase uh like my and um and then as soon as I found it, I was like, holy cow, this person does this a lot. A lot. And so I went through. We all and, do it a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I went through and pulled it's them really out. hard not to. And uh, the other thing I, I have found, we're, I'm kind of shifting the topic a little bit, but just in terms of editing, again, you don't have to do that. But I have found a lot of times I will ask somebody a question and they will give me an answer, but they won't answer the question. And so what I do then is I look at that answer and go, is that something my audience wants to know about. And if they don't see about the, the question and the answer, you know, go out. I was um, listening to Jeff Brown who does uh lead to read to lead. And he's a, an old radio guy, really funny story. He, uh, it was on a podcast movement sessions. Didn't even know there was a podcast movement sessions podcast. And he was explaining how he got fired because there was a, uh, this big India, he was, I think in Indiana, of course, Indiana is really big to in the baseball or basketball. And he did uh, all day. It was all about this big game, the big game. And here comes Jeff at like midnight. And he made a joke about basketball and how they were tired of talking about it. And he made like a vomiting sound and actually got him fired. And he said, but here I am a, a radio guy. And he goes, we have the ability to go back and make things sound better. He goes, as a radio guy, that is such a gift because they're used to just, it's live and it went out. He says, because if I had the ability to edit it, he might've actually gone back and taken that out. But when it's live, you don't. And so, but I think in the end, you know, the other thing I would say with, with Jim's thing about calling people always, and again, this is, I'm slightly skewing the answer here. This will make interviews more enjoyable for you. Always email them the day of to say, hey, just a reminder, I can't looking forward to, to talking to you tonight, 8 p.m., throw in that time zone and a link to the meeting if you're going to do something like that, uh, because I cannot tell you the number of times that the, the time I don't do that is the time I'm sitting there going, I wonder where they're at. I wonder where they're at. And then you yeah, can send them the link. Yeah. You're like, Hey, come join me. And then you're waiting, you're working on the side. All of yeah. a sudden it's 10 minutes later and you're like, oh, oh, yikes. I'm supposed to do an interview. 
they never show up because they didn't you didn't remind them. That's that's a super awesome tip. I try to that morning send them a note, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, however we connected the first time. And just remind them, hey, 745, I'm sending a link to you, 745 Central. We started eight. So and and if I do that, we have very low failure rates. Yeah. If I don't, they, they kind of go up. Well, we've got another question. This kind of ties into what we're talking about from uh, Andrew. We're just going to call him Andrew Deitch, maybe. He says, hey, guys, I had an unfortunate thing happen. One of the guests on my podcast uh, recorded an episode last week and shared a lot of stories, including some about her family. Uh, I had her re-listen to the episode to let her know if anything she said uh, should be edited out. She said, nope, everything's fine. And I was good to upload it, which was good. I, I do that at the end of an interview. I'm like, is there anything in there you would want taken out? So she kind of did that later. She says, after I uploaded it, her mom listened to the podcast and my guests had gotten some of her facts wrong, so much so that her mom would not speak to her. And she is really, really mad. When she told me about this, uh, I told her that I would fix it. I would take down the episode and that I would edit it to make sure that everything with her mom is good. Now, my question is, how do I avoid this in the future? And how do I make sure uh, that old versions of this episode are removed from iTunes and other podcatchers? Oofa. So the first thing I will tackle, uh, as soon as somebody downloads it, it's downloaded. Uh, I always tell people the internet writes in ink. So, you know, uh, I think we've all done the thing where you upload an episode and for whatever reason, there's something, uh, my favorite is I, for a while I had a bad habit of leaving like 30 seconds of nothing. And then you'd hear the ending music again. Uh, so you could go through and you can replace that file, but it's from that point forward, your listeners will, will get the new file. The 180, they got the old file with a mistake in it. Nothing you can do about that unless you want to, you know. Take out a the hit. Ma- ma- the mail has been delivered. Yeah. Unless you want to bribe them to get it back or something like that. But basically it's, it's not going to get there. Uh, Jim, any, any idea on, on how to avoid, because to me, it sounds like he did every, he or she, uh, let's see, this You're is going to make he. mistakes, Dave. You're just going to make them yeah. and you just, you fix them when you do the, the, you know, double check, listen to it yourself before it goes out. Look at the whole file before, you know, cause in audacity or edition, Sometimes you can you, you can be so focused in on a section and then you're like, okay, I'm done and you hit save and you don't realize like in your case, you had a you have a template that you bring in that has the music at the end and it's at the end and you didn't see it because you weren't you were focused on a smaller section rather yeah. than the whole file. So, you know, bring the whole file in and view it before it goes live. That's you know, that's I have I have caught beeps, you know, we've gotten hangouts for some reason create this artificial beep in it from time to time. And you see that spike in the in the wave file. And if you're not checking the whole file visually, you can miss it. So it's a it's a good idea to get the whole file. Then listen to it yourself. You know, get get out there and 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 get a listen and make sure that you're hearing everything as your audience is hearing it. I check it. I check mine on Spreaker all the time. I listen to it on in iTunes just to make sure, not every single one, but just to make sure it's going out right. Yeah. And in, in regards to the content, I don't know that, that Andrew could have done anything differently. He asked, is there anything you would like to you know take back? The only thing I could think of maybe, but then it takes away maybe from the story is to, if, if, and you don't know this a lot of times. You don't know the story that's going to come out of somebody's head. You know, if you could change the names to protect the guilty. Well, you don't know it's a story that you're like, holy cow, I can't believe I'm recording this until they're saying it. Most of the time they don't say, yeah, and in this show, I'm going to throw my mom under the bus. I don't think that we know that's coming in, in most cases. So I think you did everything you can. And like Jim said, when it's a mess, you clean it up. Now, if Andrew wanted to be a a, a weenie about it, uh, he could say, look, you gave me permission. Too bad. You know, have fun with your mom. So I think he did all he could do, you know, and I don't think anybody, you know, oh, this is a great story. Now it's now we're going to run with it. I don't know that you could do anything else. You you asked, you let them listen to it. And I understand why this person said it was fine, because it was their version of the story. And as the old saying goes, there's your side, there's my side, and then there's the truth. And so I don't I've, know. I've had guests say things they didn't want to say, but they didn't realize that until after I'd published. And so then they contact me. So, you know, I'd publish Saturday morning and Sunday afternoon, I'd get a note, a frantic, Hey, can you pull 32, 50, 
through thirty three fifteen. Can you just pull that out? Because I I don't I can't have that. Oh yikes! I mean, it is it's another hour. Uh, you know, so the edit's the easy part. It's an hour to two hours for me to go in and replace that yeah, everywhere because you've got to find that it I, that I put it right. Yeah. So the other thing, um, oh, the joys of live. I just had it and it went out of my head. Oh, I hate. There's what are some tricks? What do you do? So this this happens right in your right. live. You may not have a co-host like me that can step in and just start talking for you to kind of cover that. But what are some tips, Dave, as you think about? You know, when you lose your train of thought, what do I also say when you think about, I say that a lot. When you think about, <laughs> we, we're humans though. By the way, you can't eliminate all these phrases. That's just the way we talk. But when you get stuck, have, have you, has it, has it come back to you? I'm kind of hoping if I keep no. talking, it'll come back. No. No, it's so this is where I would go. <laughs> so in a case like this where, you know, I don't know whatever it was, but it's not coming back. I would say, I'm sure it'll come to me later. In the meantime, while we're waiting for that, uh, you know, uh, Craig has a great question. If I re-edit past episodes and re-upload the changed files to Libsyn, does it affect the download stats? No. The best thing to do in that situation is, now, technically, you don't have to. I give it the same file name. So let's say you have, you know, file, and it's just called, let's just call it episode1.mp3, and it's in this folder. Make a new folder, call it, you know, edited, and do your edits, save it in the edited folder, and call it episode1.mp3. Again, you don't have to do this, but to me, I like it because the stats are easier because otherwise you're going to have stats. You'll, you'll click on the stats for that episode and you'll see that 300 went to the old one and 150 have gone to the new one. And if you want that, by all means, use a different file name, but use the replace button. You'll go into uh, Libsyn, you'll go into previously published, click on edit, and you'll see there's a button that says replace. And when you upload the old one, it replaces it uh, with the new one and your stats don't change at all. So... Uh, one thing to, to keep in mind, if it, if you're replacing a file in the current month, so if you messed up something in July and you upload it, it doesn't affect your quota. But if I'm upload, if I'm updating something from June, that file's already been archived, and the upload, the replace is going to count against your July quota. So I know some people want to go back and they'll change the whole, you know, thirty episodes because it had something in it. And they're like, why am I out of quota? Because that scene is a new, you're replacing something that's been archived. If you're replacing something that hasn't been archived, then you're fine. And that, that whole can of worms will make people's brain explode. The whole archiving process on all, all of them. Podbean, it's one of those things that's a nightmare. gets a little this crazy. A nightmare. That's the worst day for me is when I get a guest that says, I need you to pull something. Like my heart just sinks and I, cause I know the work it's going to take. It's almost, it's for me, it's almost twice as much work to pull it and replace it than it is to just post it. And so I get, I, when that happens and it doesn't happen very often, maybe once a year, maybe even less, I, I, my heart sinks, you know, that feeling you just, and uh, I'm like, oh crap. Well, there goes my afternoon. That's yeah, shot. Yeah. Craig says, the reason I'm asking is, is co-host uh, is, Let's see. Chris is that I'm about to release a new podcast that I'm afraid might get me into trouble with people who take it the wrong way. Was wondering if you might give it a a listen and give me some feedback before I go public. Um, Do you mean me or your co-host? Because what I do in that case, I'll just throw it into Dropbox and go here. Listen to this. I I have a a client of mine that um, I I throw it in Dropbox. She listens to it. Once she gives me the okay, I I upload it to Libsyn and and we're good to go. Um, So. You know, lots of talk about these words that we say uh, all the time. I say this, I say this all the time. Try not to eliminate them all. I mean, there are some annoying ones. Um, ah, uh, yeah, you know, right. But to Emily's point, some of them are your personality. And they're, they're a part of who you are. And so, yeah, you might be annoyed by the fact that I always say, oh, somebody just put that in there uh, at the end of the day. I say that a lot. It's so, so at the end of the day, I say that a lot, but that's part of my personality. That's part of who I am. And you as a podcaster, that's part of who you are and whatever you say. So I think you have to be careful. Don't sterilize your vocabulary. Right. And, and, you know, if you're, if you get some feedback from your audience that it's annoying or whatever, take it with a grain of salt. If it needs to be fixed, fix it. If not, make it a part of it. I can't change the way I say at the end of the day, it's just not going to happen. Like (laughs) I I just, I'm going to say it. 
But don't apologize for that. That's who you are. We all have these. It's just part of our vocabulary and part of being humans. And if you don't like listening to it, stop listening to the podcaster who says it. Like, you know, either put up with it or stop listening. But I, I, I'm hesitant to want to sanitize because it is a part of who we are. Yeah, I had a uh, mine back in the day, to use one of my phrases, was basically it's a case of. I would start things off and be like, well, basically it's a case of something, something. And it was funny. I was writing with a, I was fixing copiers. And I had a, a kind of a partner in crime. And I would say, basically, and he'd look at me and go, it's a case of? And I'm like, so he just kept pointing it out to where I finally quit doing it. So, and I know Kim from onthetablepodcast.net has said, yours is andum. And now I, I listen for it. And I realize when I do it, it's because I'm trying to think of what to say. But I'm, I'm with Jim. We all have them. As long as it's not to the point of annoying people. And uh, it, it actually makes you a better speaker in some ways because yeah. they're phrases you're comfortable with and, and you can go to them while you're thinking of other things. So, you know, use them as a crutch and use them appropriately. But um, for, for whatever, and, and, and again, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not striking back from anything that was said in chat. I think it's all very appropriate. But I, I do think we have to be careful that we don't sanitize what we say. Yeah. And uh, Teresa's got a great question. We will answer that in the post show. Uh, if you'd like to hear the post show, if you're not here live, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Become an awesome supporter. You can do it for as little as a buck and you get all of our post show discussion and more. So find Jim over at theaverageguy.tv. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com and you can find us every Saturday at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Thanks for listening and uh, stick around for some post show. 